Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm the Vibe. And this is your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens with Vibes and Vision. So, Queen K, how was your week since last week? Oh, it was amazing, actually. Uh, I was in Philly. I had a beautiful time. Stayed at a beautiful place, thanks to Complex. Um, uh, just kick back and enjoy. Like, it was a whole little vibe. We even had an old school battle. I know we getting old, but it was really, really nice. Like, the atmosphere, the people, um, it was nice. It was dope. Had some, created some really great memories. Um, other than that, um, you know, I spent the rest of the week with my kids just kicking back. I took the rest of the week off of work. Just to be, you know, just to give myself a reset. Because after a trip like that, it made me just think about a lot of stuff. And my kids was one of them. I'm like, let me get this time to my kids. So took the rest of the week off, spent the rest of the week with them. Um, everything has been going really, really well. God is just shipping out the blessings, um, not only to me, but the people that I know. Um, I'm just so thankful that he gave me another opportunity. He gave me that reset button. He gave me that push. So I took the leap of faith. Um, I'll be updating y'all on what's going on with my life soon because y'all know y'all like my diary. But, um, <laughs> yeah, other than that, I'm thankful. I can't complain. What about you, Complex? Um, it was definitely a beautiful weekend. Uh, Queen Kay and her brother came out to Philly. Um, that Airbnb just told me that I need to step my game up. I got some expensive habits, <laughs> and I get to, you know, work on getting it. But I manifest that I'll be able to live in a house like that. It was real beautiful. We had some strong calves going up and down the steps because where you sleep yes. at is below the kitchen. Um, you know, we had some slipping and sliding going on. Um, I also <laughs> went to the Pandemic Poetry event yesterday. Um, I got to see Maui, the writer, performing uh, person, uh, Kira J, Jess Mike the Poet, mm. and Cito. They are all definitely uh, awesome. You know, please follow me at complex underscore angel 90. You can go look at my story. I'm posting them one by one. Or you can go follow me on Facebook at Natasha Williams because I posted all of them. Even Joe Vaughn, I forgot about him too, but it was definitely dope. Um, I thought that the ticket covers a two drink per minimum. No, it only covers a food mm-hmm. item, and you got to pay for your drink. Oh. But it was cool. It was still a vibe. It was still a vibe. Okay. All right, now. All right. <laughs> okay, that's pretty dope. Okay, so um, we're going to get right into the A.O. Queens and King quote. Y'all already know they both sponsored by Pinterest. I got two for y'all this week. Um, it feels good to be back. I feel like we've been gone for a minute. So, <laughs> Okay, so my first one. My first quote is, always remember that you do not have to be around what you want to heal from, okay? Um, I actually found this on, no, this was actually your girl, Tosh, uh, I mean, Complex, Maui, the writer. Okay. This was on Instagram. I'm sorry. Um, She put, I don't want to be around what I had to heal from. Y'all, it is okay to take a step back from whatever that you're trying to heal from. You cannot heal when you're constantly being faced with the same problem. It's okay to take a step back, to breathe, to heal, to regroup. It's it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Don't let nobody make you feel like in order to heal, you got to keep facing the same thing head on, head on. No, 
take it a little bit at a time. But step back a little bit. It's okay. It's fine. And that mm-hmm. includes people too, y'all. We don't have to be around them if we're trying to heal from them, okay? We need to stop being people pleasers. It's okay. They'll live, okay? You have to worry about you because that's who, that's number one at the end of the day is you and your health. All right? So mm-hmm. that was by that was from Instagram. Shout out to Maui the Writer. I got it off your Instagram page. Thank you. Now, this one is actually sponsored by Pinterest. Okay. It says, don't be afraid to start over again. This time, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. Y'all, this helped me because it just pretty much told me it's okay to start over. But when you start over, don't think that you're just starting over from ground zero. No, you're starting over with a lot of lessons that you've learned. You're starting over from a point where, okay, I know what failed me this time, so now I'm going to do it different this time, but I'm going to apply these lessons. Because failure... Failure to me is only lessons learned, okay? It teaches you what not to do next time. So always remember your failures as a blessing instead of just, you know, cancel them out, thinking that you didn't took an L. No, those are actually lessons, okay? You need to, I'm serious, look at all your failures. Everything is a lesson because it showed you what not to do and it showed you how to move differently in order to obtain whatever it is that you're obtaining. One thing I will say is always put God first, whatever you do. So those are my A.O. King and Queen quotes for the week. Now we're going to get right into the slay tips, the uh, Queen K slay tips for hair. Okay, now, y'all, it is summertime is approaching. I know our weather is crazy because, I kid y'all not, here in Michigan we had a sunny day, a rainy day, snow, three inches, and then back to sunny, okay? So... Mm. But it's supposed to be summer, okay? Uh, summer is approaching. I just need all my natural sisters, um, even those who are not natural. It's time to switch up your hair regimen. I know it probably worked for you, but this atmosphere is different, and we need to make sure that we're nurturing our hair properly so it's okay to change up that regimen. What works for you in fall may not work for you in summer. So just remember that. We need to keep our hair hydrated because these UV rays are really harsh on our hair. Like, we think that it's bad for our skin. If it's that bad for our skin, it's that much worse for our hair. Um, And also, just be cautious. I know all the little styles are cute with the buns and the gel and the swoop over, but that's also manipulating your hair to change your curl pattern. So be careful with that. Those gels and all those products, they don't really mix well with the sun, so it will change your curl pattern. So if you're witnessing that, just kind of just let your hair just grow free, okay? Let it touch the sun. That's all you got to do. Less manipulation is the best. So that is my Slay Tips for Hair. That is also sponsored by Pinterest and YouTube at the same time. Um, that is it for me. We're going to get right into the sipping Tea for the Soul topic. We do have a guest tonight, Complex. You going to bring on our guest? He has not called up yet. Oh, Okay. Okay, yeah. well, <laughs> the sipping, okay, well, um, the sipping tea for the soul topic, Complex, you want to just go into it and tell them what it's about, and then we'll see if she calls in? Sure. Um, so, apparently, there was a news anchor a couple of months back, I want to say like earlier this year, that had a pretty natural mohawk, and it went viral on the internet. Um, a lot of people were saying, yes, queen, you know what I'm saying, like, wear your crown. And other people felt like it was a distraction, it was unprofessional. And the news anchor had to come back 
and, you know, basically make a statement. Why does my clown threaten you? And I basically mm-hmm. told Queen Queen, like, you know, we should definitely talk about that on the podcast. Like, you know, why does our blackness threaten you? Because I've always wondered why do certain hairstyles, why why is certain hairstyles like dreads and, you know, wearing a wash and go or wearing a mohawk, why is that such a distraction? Mm-hmm. But, you know, other minor, other other races can wear, you know, crazy piercings, you know, those big um Yep. Those big gauges in their ear wear different colors and everything. It just makes you wonder, like, you know what I'm saying, like why, you know? But mm-hmm. I guess we wanted to talk about this. I'm gonna just text her and see what number is she calling from. Okay. Because I see a number in the queue, but I'm not sure if that's her. Okay. But, yeah, no, you're very complex. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say, while you was texting her, I'm going to just let y'all know. Um, I feel the exact same way. And then I also feel like it's only a conversation piece when we wear it because I feel like other races can mimic the styles that we wear or mimic the – you know, mimic the clothing that we wear, and nothing happens. They're the latest fashion statement. You know, they're all in the blogs for, oh, my God, look at this bold new trend and all this stuff. But when it's on us, it's like, well, why would she do that? They get more praises for wearing it than we do, and we're the originators. But it's just like you had an issue with me, so why why does that threaten you when I wear it? But they can wear it and get praised and be in all the fashion blogs and all that stuff for, re, you know, recreating a new look, you know? So. I feel like this was That's a pretty, pretty dope topic. Okay. Well, I guess we can just get into it and um, ask. I'm not sure what happened to the guest. I hope everything is okay. But, you know, we have the show has to go on. So I guess it'll be just me and you answering them, Queen K. So my first aspect that I'm going to go into is uh, black community. So the first question under there, I remember when we had your sister on back in season one and we talked about colorism, and, you know, she said this was something that started within the household in the black community. Like, what is your take on colorism in the black community overall? Um, I feel like it's trying to get better. Um, we're, we're embracing each other because, you know, we've always had that fuel, that, that feud, I'm sorry, with light skin versus dark skin. That's always been the thing. Like, the light skin, they're the pretty ones. You know, the dark skin, they're the mean, aggressive, ugly ones. Like, that has been a big thing. And I know it started way, way before my time, before my parents' time, before their parents' time. You know, this was a condition that they wanted us to fight with inside of our race. They never wanted us to band together to realize our true strength and potential. So they always wanted to keep Mm -hmm. us separated. You know, this started in the slave house. You know, they had the fair-skinned slaves or the lighter-skinned slaves in the house because they were prettier. You know, they were closer to them. And then they had the darker Mm -hmm. ones outside picking the cotton, doing all the hard jobs. So, um I feel like it's getting better now, but this was a tactic to keep us separated so that we wouldn't know our full potential and strength as one, you know, and it did carry on. It carried on, hell, to even our generation, you know. I experienced uh, all of my siblings, well, not all of my siblings, but two of my siblings are lighter than, it's me and my older sister, we're the darkest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm the darkest out of all of them, though. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I experienced it in the household. I was always called Blackie. Uh, my uncle, like, even though my uncle is dark and he wanted me to embrace my skin color, but he gave me the name mm-hmm. like Midnight and 
blackie and that's my darkness, like stuff like that. But in my head, he was talking about me, but he wanted me to embrace who I was. And then it just carried on in school where it was like, you got the lighter skinned girls always. They're the ones with the boyfriends. They're the prettiest, you know, they're the ones getting all the attention. And here I am in the corner, you know, or hiding off because I felt like I was never worthy enough. Um, but like I said, I right. feel like we're getting better because now as a, as a whole race, we're embracing all of the skin colors. We're not, you know, we're not separating nobody. You know, we're all black. That's it. Yeah, sure, we all different shades and hues, but we are all beautiful. And I really think that social media is stepping up when it comes to that because it's not so much of light skin versus dark skin. It's no black women are beautiful. It's not light skin women or dark skin women anymore. It's just as a whole now. What about you? What's your take on it? Um. I definitely agree with you. It was set in place to separate us. And I'm not proud to say this, but me and my cousin used to joke about stuff like that. Like, you know, because my cousin is light. You know, she gets her skin complexion from her dad, but her mom is dark skinned. And she used to make mm-hmm. jokes like, yeah, if this was back in the slave times, I'll be, I'll be the house nigga. I'll be inside and y'all be in the field. And we would laugh at stuff <laughs> like that. You know, um, I remember I used to, you know, like, I used to hear people say, oh, you're beautiful for a dark-skinned girl. So, like, you know, mm. like, you know, friends that I hung out with. And I didn't take anything personal with it until someone started saying, like, we need to normalize this. I fell into, mm-hmm. like, a deep a deep condition of just saying it because this is what I was taught growing up. But I think that colorism still is active right now. You know, we're watching the grapevine and how they were talking about Kodak Black had made a a, um, a tweet, I think a couple years ago, saying that he'd rather date someone that is lighter than him or, like, you know, mm-hmm. he's white. He said he doesn't like dating someone dark. Um, you know, watching this other uh, episode where the lady said that she is a therapist for all different shades of blackness, but she has a lot of, you know, do say dark, you know, like that, that, that melanated, beautiful Mm -hmm. chocolate dark skin. She talks to them all the time. And every person, they come from different backgrounds. They say they either, they feel overlooked. They're told as they get older that you're not going to get, no man's going to want you. Um, When they do get into Mm -hmm. a relationship, they, they take, you know what I'm saying? Basically, they they feel like they have to settle, you know, like the person yeah. makes them feel like, you know, like I'm doing you a favor by, by, by being with you. Like, you know, they'll take that emotional abuse and they'll feel like, oh, well, he's not hitting me. He don't hit me, though. Even the girls that does mm-hmm. get hit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like, okay, well, what else am I going to get? And honestly, that opened my eyes to a lot that I was very oblivious to growing up. Like, I was very oblivious to colorism, um, you know, me and my sister are, we have different dads. My sister is darker than me, and I didn't really hear people call her blacky growing up, but I remember they used to tell mm-hmm. things, talk about her ears, you know, and they told her, like, oh, you know, you're going to get real rich off your ears one day and everything like that. But I don't know. I, I feel like the favoritism kind of drew a wedge between me and her. And I remember mm-hmm. one time I had brought two friends home, and, you know, back then I wasn't looking at skin complexion when I wanted to go up to somebody and be a friend. Whoever talked mm. to me, you know what I'm saying, whoever I just felt comfortable around, you're my friend. 
So I had two light-skinned girls that came home, and I remember my sister just, like, you know, basically touched her skin, like, I guess, like, yeah, I'm I'm not ashamed. Like, basically, like, she had to make a statement. And I don't mm. know, I, it made me just feel like, damn, you know, I wasn't trying to make her feel uncomfortable, but I don't know, that, that, that moment always stood out to me, you know what I'm saying? And it made me question, like, well, damn, do I not hang around, like, you know, a lot of dark-skinned women? But the thing was growing up, whenever I tried to talk to someone, you know, that was darker than me, they were very evil. They called me white girl. So it's like I I felt mm. uncomfortable. So I shied away from them. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. Mm-hmm. But not 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 to ramble, but yeah, you, you just made me think girl, about it a lot. Like I basically didn't take this serious, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm, my eyes are open. So my next question is, do you feel dark-skinned women get backlash for having confidence? And would, would it be a threat? Like, would they be a threat if they knew their true potential? Because I ask that, because you know how they say, like, people beat you down when they see a light inside you that they don't want you to see? It's like I feel like there's yeah. a deeper message there. Like, why are we so hard on, you know, the darker? Um. Okay, so from my own, like... From my own experiences, right, I do feel like sometimes I feel like when being dark, a dark-skinned woman, of course, I feel like we have it harder um, mm-hmm. because they already see us as too dark to be pretty, right? That's why they make the comments, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. But I also mm-hmm. think, like, they think, like, we're the, the harsher ones, like, we're the mean ones, we're the snappy ones. Like, I watched this interview, and these were teenagers, Um and he was interviewing, uh, this girl was interviewing boys, like, would you date me because I'm dark-skinned? And he was like, no, nah, y'all attitudes are horrible. All dark-skinned girls got bad attitudes. And, like, that was all the boys. Every boy said that. But I feel like we were molded this tough because we felt like we would never be picked. So when we have mm. this confidence, I feel like we do get a lot of backlash for having confidence because – it makes us look even more snippy and rude, you know. They don't take it as we just holding our crown up. No, they take it as, oh, now you're trying to be stuck up. You already dark-skinned and mean. Now you want to be stuck up too. So I feel mm. like that's what happens. Um, and it's not that. It's just that we just want to feel beautiful. You know, we want to make sure we know it in ourselves, but people will take that mm-hmm. as us being rude and stuck up instead of, oh, yeah, that girl know who she is. Um, and that's not the same, like, with the light-skinned girls. You know, you they get all uppity and rude. Boys flock to that. They want that. Oh, she got an attitude. She cute and stuck up. I like that. No, it's different with us because we're already the aggressive type. Because of all that we had to endure with being separated, you know, in our own race. Um, and the second part of your question was what, baby? I'm sorry. Would they be a threat if they knew their true potential? Like, you know, all dark-skinned women, if they knew their true potential, you think they would be a threat to society? Yes. Yes, I do. If we knew the power that we hold, like if we start realizing it, um, and they know it, that's why they try to keep us knocked down. But I feel like mm-hmm. that's just being a woman in general. Once a woman learns her power, we are instantly yes. a threat. It don't matter what skin color you are, um, light skin or dark skin. Once we realize who we are and our worth and that we can do any and everything that any other gender can, we're a problem. So, um, yeah, especially with dark skin, because, like I said, they already deem us as rude and aggressive. 
Once we confident, mm. you know, about something, now we're now we're cocky. So yeah, that's mm. my take on it. Um, I definitely feel like dark skinned women get backlash. Um, just as well as I feel like you know plus size women get backlash, especially yes, too. Baby. You know, like Lizzo. You know, like I feel like. You guys get the well, shit. I'm I'm plus size. I'm not even gonna take myself with that category. But I just feel like dark skinned women definitely get backlash because it's like, like you said, oh, you want to be mean, you want to be aggressive, and now you got the nerve to be bold. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I just feel like that's fucked up because um, there was an episode on the Grapevine where they were talking about the Monique and Netflix situation, and you know how they were saying like, oh, she was so aggressive. But if you look back at a lot of those um, videos, like when she did the interview with Steve, Steve Harvey, she was very calm. But it comes down to how mm-hmm. dare you be dark-skinned and also a plus-size woman asking, yeah. you know what I'm saying, for more. And it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never looked at it like that. You get what I'm saying? I just feel like it's, it's fucked up, you get what I'm saying? But I encourage mm-hmm. dark-skinned women to continue to keep having that confidence. I encourage dark-skinned women to continue to keep wearing that red um, red lipstick. You know what I'm saying? Like, just keep being bold because, you know, you guys are a threat. You guys are a threat. You know what I'm saying? Like, Taraji P. Henson, Lupita Key, Viola Davis, like, they are setting the platform. And I'm just really encouraging my beautiful dark-skinned women all out there to just, you know, continue to set the trend. You know what I'm saying? Continue to go. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely feel like y'all get backlash. And honestly, I agree with you when you said, like, you know, light-skinned women, you know what I'm saying, that we could be upbeat. I've been called a bitch before. I've been called a bitch. Mm. I will say I think that when it's fair skin, you know, like someone that's lighter than me, or the mommies, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, the Hispanic and the Latino girls, they mm-hmm. can get an attitude and it's sexy because you're listening to that exotic accent that they have. But yep. their attitude is the same as ours. You get what I'm saying? Because I've been called a bitch before. I've been told by, you know what I'm saying, all different races. Well, I'm sorry, I've never dated a white man, but... I've been told by, like, Latino and, like, you know what I'm saying, by my African-American brothers that I, I don't have I'm, – I'm too opinionated and I need to put my dick away. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, yeah. So I think that, it, you know, just as a black woman, period, you know what I'm saying, just knowing your worth and, and having a voice, it, you know, it's like, what, who the fuck is you? You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I feel like – I feel like dark-skinned women get a little bit more backlash. That's what I will say. But I've been yeah. called a bitch too, sweetie. Ain't no man thought my attitude was sexy. <laughs> Ain't no man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck that. But, okay, so my next question is, is it from personal experience or what we were taught that we are divided amongst each other, you know, when it comes to the skin color, uh, us being in different class systems, you know, like look at Joan and Maya. How, you know, she was like, I've known you for a whole year and you never came to my house. Like, what's your take on that? I do feel like it's a little bit from both. It's definitely from personal experience because, like I shared, um, I was, we were divided in my own household. Like, even though we are all brown skinned, but it was, Mm -hmm. I was a darker, I was darker. So I was blacky. So I was always the one, like, I stayed in the house literally 
because I didn't want my skin to turn no other shades darker because I was already being picked with by my siblings. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know, you know, they're just kids, and kids do that, mm-hmm. and sitting in there, your siblings, they don't really understand how much that messed with me, especially since they didn't know that I was being picked with in school about it. Um, and then to turn around and hear your cousins calling you that, your uncles and your aunties, even though they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get you to love on yourself, but they got a messed up way of showing it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was divided in my own household. So I can definitely say personal experiences is what got me like this and also what I'm taught. Like we learned about Mm -hmm. slavery in school. I mean, I know it's, it's what the white, they whitewashed it, but, you know, that's another topic, but, they did say mm-hmm. how if you had fair skin, you were in the house. And if you had right. darker skin, you were on the outside. Like, people used to call me monkeys. Like, I went to an all-white school. I've, I've been called a monkey. Mm. I've been called uh, I've been called a little bit of everything. Like, it, I hated the color of my skin. Then I hated the texture of my hair. Um, going to mm. an all-white school, like, I wanted to wear my hair straight like the white girls because they were always like, well, what is all of this in your hair? Even the teachers, like, they act like they never seen um, twisties with bobos and barrettes. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So yeah. I definitely feel like it's both taught and personal experiences um, that that's the reason why we're divided against each other. Like, and then it, it's, it's also like, um, let me see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's um awesome personal experience and like what you're taught as well. Um, like I feel mm-hmm. like someone who lives in low poverty will look at a black person who lives in the suburbs as oh, that's the token nigga. Oh, they think they're better. Mm-hmm. And you know, because honestly, um, Javon, Giovanni said it when we was on about my spiritual my spiritual journey when she said that she was taught to fear her people for the longest mm. time I was scared to go to like Detroit I you know because it was something very different you know I lived in the suburbs with my grandma where the only thing you heard in the morning time was birds and at night you heard crickets and going to spend out of my mom's house you know when she got clean and she wanted us back in her life on the east side, mm-hmm. it was a total different. I heard gunshots. I heard bombs going off at night, and it triggered me to where, like, I could not go to sleep, you know. Um, and my mama had to coach me on a lot of things. Like, it, it was a lot that you had to be aware of, you know, when it came to your mm-hmm. surroundings. I was never taught that, oh, this can happen in the suburbs, too. You know, I was always taught, like, you know, you got to watch what corners you stand on. You got to uh, make sure you, you know, like, I was, it, it made me scared. Like, every time I go to Detroit, I have this sense of fear in me, you know what I'm saying? But I just think that you have to, like, you know, like, step step out and unlearn and learn for yourself. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like. I, like I said, I've had personal experiences. Like, I've never been the type of person that be- – I, I didn't know that it was called colorism growing up. But I've never been the type of person to look at someone and say, oh, she's dark-skinned, so she's going to be mean to me. You know, I was still – the effort to get to know someone. But I noticed that mm-hmm. a lot of my um, dark-skinned friends, I was always the butt end of the joke. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. always threw shade. 
and they always made me feel like I was the white girl. I was the Oreo. You know, they always say, like, oh, you're black on the Mm. outside but white on the inside. So, you know, like, when I became friends with you in, like, 10th grade, I never, I never mm-hmm. say like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm scared to go up to her because she's going to be me. Like, I really try to get to know people for who they are and, and what you present. But I just feel like maybe some of them felt like I was too uppity back then. And they felt, and, and, and maybe I did come off uppity, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. my grandmother, my grandmother was kind of that, you know, she she, she could be, I don't want to call her, I don't want to call her uppity, but she, she could be like that. She could have her, like, you know, turn her nose up at certain things. Mm. And I picked up on that. And, like, you don't realize how you come off as a person. So I feel like we have to yeah. unlearn and, and step out. But uh, my last question is, what will it take for us to wake up and come together as one in the black community? Um, we have to learn to love each other. That's the biggest thing. Like, we have to put aside our differences. Uh, we have to unlearn and relearn to love each other because at the end of the day, I don't care if you're light, if you're high yellow, or if you're dark. Like, black is cold. We are all mm-hmm. African-American. Like, that's it. I know yeah. we got a little, other little stuff sprinkled in us, some of us, you know, but at the end of the day, we are all one race, and we should all embrace each other. Because my thing is then we can learn our true potential and our true strength. Like, we can help support each other. Like, we need to stop tearing each other down within our own race. That is the dumbest thing ever to me, for one, because I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, but uh, I'm sorry, y'all, this might sound, it ain't even going to sound racist. But you don't see white people like, oh, he pale and he got a little hint of red in him, so we're going to talk about each other. We're not going to be cool. No, they yeah. don't do that. We're the only ones that sex, that separate each other based on our skin color in our own race. Like, we need to do better. Yeah. We need to embrace and know that each and every person inside of our race is beautiful inside and out, and all of us should, you know, motivate and encourage each other to keep our head up, especially since we've come from so much traumatic past and all this stuff is happening to us each and every day. These cops don't care what color our skin is. I mean, you know, they don't care if we're mm-hmm. light skin or dark skin when they're shooting us off or uh, on our necks or shooting us while we sleep. They don't care. They don't care. Mm -hmm. But we're the ones fighting inside of our own race. Like, no, we need to all band together so that we can be strong as a unit. That's the only way that they will take us serious if we stop fighting amongst ourselves. This is what they want. And we we have to change all of this narrative. Everything that they've given us, everything they've taught us, all these textbooks, no, we need to learn about ourselves through ourselves. That's the, that's the rule number one. And then we need to apply it. We need to love and support each other so that way we can be strong. Like, we can be sitting up there. We can be the millionaires, you know. We can touch back and give. You know, we can pull up our brother or our sister instead of tearing them down. So I feel like once we realize that we should all just love each other and that we are all one, that's when, you know, we can bring this all together. That part. Nicely put. Um, I think, like I said, like, you know, you got to um, unlearn, uh, step out and change the narrative. Like, it's a video going around that I shared where, you know, um, the girl was just basically saying, like, we need to adopt in the black community where, like, families can live together 
in a multi-million, you know, dollar house and pay the mortgage and save up and everything mm-hmm. and be able to refinance the property. But, man, like, we're so, I don't know, it's like we be so fed up with each other. We can't live in the same house. Yeah. Um, you know, basically, Willie Lynch let us said it. Like, you know, it was it was meant for us to be broken up back then, you know, like a mom, a single mom that has to, take care of the house because the daddy's either in jail or, you know, he's out with the next person, you know, creating another family or he's dead. She's not thinking about, you know what I'm saying, investments and stocks. You know, she's trying to mm-hmm. just, you know, work and work. And then kids get older, you know, you get frustrated. Okay, now you got to move out. You know what I'm saying? You're 18, you're on your own. I hope I taught you the best. It, it's yeah. like they didn't place us properly. I was told that mm-hmm. the reason why crabs in the barrel are so, like, fighting each other because they're stacked on top of each other. And that's how we are in the black community. We weren't linked properly to where, like, okay, the first crab will grab onto this person and then they grab on and then you make a chain. Mm-hmm. No, we're just going to throw them in these hoods. You know, we're going we're gonna to put them, like, you know, in this little red line part. We're going to, and you know, we're just going to let them, like, we're going to put liquor stores on every corner. We're going to put gun yep. shops on every corner. We're going to just let them kill each other's off. And hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to help with that. I don't know. It's, yep. I, a lot of us are waking up, but a lot more of us have to wake up. A lot more of us have mm-hmm. to, you know, we have to stop getting distracted with all of these, this materialistic stuff, you know, like, we, we we can really come together if we put our minds together. So that's how I think we can wake up and come together as a, in the black community. That was dope that you said that. I'm so happy that you shed light on them. You know, they're trying to keep us down with these liquor stores on every corner and pumping mm-hmm. these drugs through our neighborhood. Thank you, Complex. Thank yeah. you, because, they, yeah, we do. It is. It's, it's so many of us that are, you know, waking up, but it's so many of us that need to wake up. So, right. um, yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. You you laid that out perfectly, baby. Uh, girl, that just hit home with me. Because uh, <laughs> uh, where I stay is literally, like, I can count four liquor stores in my neighborhood. Mm. So, yeah. But anyway, all right, uh, my aspect. Uh, thank you, Complex, because that was a dope-ass aspect, and those questions were dope. My aspect, thank when you. I thought about this, and we were talking about it, the first thing, I don't know why, like, I have a weird way of coming up with my uh, aspect, but Cardi B's voice, when she did, when they were on the Love & Hip Hop reunion, and she was asking the girl, like, what was the reason? Like, that's all that was playing yeah. in my head when I came up with these questions, because I really want to know, like, I'm at the point where I'm just irritated, like, why does my blackness threaten you? Like, really, what is it? So my first question is, do you think people of other races are not threatened by our blackness but insecure about their own race? Mm. When I read this question, it kind of had me stumped. I wouldn't even say it's because they're insecure. I would say it's because it's something that they can't identify with. Like, we have the magic. We have the magic. Like, we're so creative. A lot of the culture comes from us and we don't get credit. You know, um, making it rain, that comes, you know what I'm saying, 
from like basically <laughs> like the Nigerian the African culture. Like I'm so serious. My grandmother's husband mm-hmm. when he passed at the repast, they they don't like to cry. They like to make it rain. You twerk and everything. This was not mm-hmm. invented in the club. Like you know the hairstyles. The way the way we can make up so many different designs when it comes to braiding, how we can find different ways to um, sew in weaves to make it look like, you know what I'm saying, it's your real mm-hmm. hair, how we can make these blunt lace wigs, like how our texture can change and theirs can't. I just feel like it's something that they can identify with and something that they want to be a part of. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if they're yeah. insecure about their race, I just feel like it's something that they want to be a part of. But it's like, you know what, it doesn't look right on them. So we're going to try to adopt this and make it our own. Like this cultural appropriation mm. stuff, uh, it, it's horrible. Like, you know, with, um, I don't even want to call out no celebrities. I'm sorry. But basically, yeah, I was, I've, I've heard mm-hmm. before, um, I'll give a prime example, Robin Thicke with the uh, blurred line. So, when you know shit hit the fan when he used one of Marvin Gaye's uh, beats without getting permission mm-hmm. from the family, they said when shit hit the fan in court, it was just Pharrell and T.I. <laughs> you know, Robin Thicke wanted to take his hands off of it. <laughs> it's like when it comes down, y'all want our culture, but y'all don't want the, y'all don't want the bullshit that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a package deal. <laughs> it's a package deal You gonna take one You gonna take it all baby Nope uh uh-uh. uh But um Okay so when I When I got that question I was actually reading an article And it was about a black woman And she was just saying that Um pretty much She felt like Other races are insecure About their own Because like she said We got that magic Like she She put mm-hmm. She said another word I can't uh, She said we got that spark Um okay. Everything great comes From us like, everything that was ever created started with a black person. They just slapped a white face on it. I'm sorry, y'all. Hey, I'm sorry. I know some of y'all going to be like, oh, my God, she's taking this here. Yep, I am. But um, that's that's true, though. Like, a lot of stuff I did not realize was really invented by a black person, but they just put face on it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, down to the, the lights. I'm sorry, y'all. We think Benjamin Franklin did it. No, he didn't. It was a black <laughs> man. Look it up. Um, but, uh, anyway, it was a whole little article that I was reading and she was pretty much like they're insecure because they, they don't, their mindsets don't work like ours. Like one man even said, uh, he had commented on it and he was just like, um, they knew we were great. That's why they decided to desegregate the schools. They said, because everything from a black, everything that a black person invented was before we got into these, uh, these schools that were desegregated. When we were on our own, learning on our own, they said you had all the inventors popping up, all these ideas. Hell, we had a whole black Wall Street, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But this was all before we stepped into the classroom and learned from their textbooks. So she that's pretty right. much said they're insecure. So this is why they try to keep us trapped. This is why they try to keep us pumped with their knowledge. That's why it's so important that we learn who we are from our own people instead of what they're teaching us in these books that they got our kids in. Like, I always try to make sure I let my kids know the real. I know that the schools have to go through this whole textbook and, you know, this is where I get that. I get that. But I also let my kids know where they're from. And if I find something in the textbook that's not right, 
I let them know, you know, I, hey, y'all got phones? Google this. Tell me, now really mm-hmm. tell me what this is. Like, that's that's type of parent I am. Um, but, yeah, so thank you, Complex. Okay, so my mm-hmm. next question is, do you think our past and present struggles as a race are what makes others threatened by us because they keep seeing us push and prevail? Mm, I would say yeah, but okay. if they knew the struggle that we had to go through every day, trust me, this mm-hmm. this shit is hard. You know what I'm saying? To push yeah. and prevail with the limited resources that we have, you know, like, I. I don't know. I just feel like if people just take the time out to get to know each other, you know what I'm saying? Like have a talk, you know, talk about your culture. And I talk about mine because um, pretty much it comes down to what you see on the media, how they portray Mm -hmm. us in the news, on reality shows, TV shows, you know, movies. It's like, okay, we don't really need it. We don't really feel the need to get to know them because from what we see, we, we know enough. But it's like the media mm-hmm. can manipulate you and make you look at everything through tunnel vision to where, you know what I'm saying, you can't see the whole picture. Because yeah. we, we're we able to prevail because we were taught if they don't kill you, it make you stronger. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman had to basically put her feelings to the side and tell a slave, listen, I know you're scared, but you're either going to, you're going to either going to get left behind or I'm going to have to shoot you because you're not about to sit up here and stop us from getting the freedom. I'm pretty sure she didn't Come want on, to now. do that, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? But, but, but she had to. I'm pretty sure a lot of our moms don't want to be the toxic mom. I'm pretty sure a lot of the dads that walk out on us didn't want to, but it's like I have limited resources. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just like if they knew what the fuck we have to deal with, but I definitely, yeah. I definitely feel like, they are jealous, but if you know what the fuck we had to deal with, sweetie, this is not an easy walk. But I walk in it gracefully every fucking day. I wear my strength well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the part right there that threatens and puts fear in them. To see us go through this much bullshit each and every day and to still make a way, to still push through. I think that's what puts the fear in them because they're like, damn, if they getting through that, what can they do next, you know? I feel like that's the part right there that threatens other races when they see us push and prevail against all odds. Because let's be honest, when you click, when you turn on the news, all you see is black people being gunned down, black people being killed. Mm -hmm. That's it. But to see us still marching and to see us still getting elected into uh, high places in Congress, hell, we even had a black president, just to see that type of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what scares them because it's like they can come from we literally get it out the mud. Like I'm sorry, can no other race to me, to me, I'm just speaking for me, can no other race say that they actually got it out the mud and they're still standing strong today because we still face obstacles to this day. Like, yeah, sure. They try to say that we're all we're not separated anymore and that we are all treated equally. No, we're not. We're not. And you know, the the the, the quicker we realize that the easier this life will be to walk along. But we face more mm-hmm. issues than anybody, and this is not me trying to play victim for my race, but I know we do. We don't get the same uh, treatment as everybody else. We don't, we're not presented with the same um, opportunities as the next race. No, we literally have to fight 
for everything that we get, and then we have to hold on to it and then make it great after that. So, no, we, we do. I feel like that's the part right there that triggers them to put fear in them. That's that's when they become threatened, when they're like, okay, we didn't throw everything we could at them. We didn't put liquor stores on every corner. We didn't pump drugs in their system, but they're still getting kids that's going off to Harvard. They're still getting kids mm-hmm. being business owners. Like, it's that right there that I feel like that's the part that threatens them. Um, okay, right. so my third question is, how is it that other races can be threatened by a race that they often mimic and duplicate? Mm, like I'm, I'm gonna say, like I said before, like it's just something that they really want to identify with. They want to be a part of, you know, they want to be a part of this magic that we have. Because if you look at the um, the European the, the European uh, standard way of how a baby is developed, the child development of a baby, they say a baby's supposed to be walking by what one two to one one years old thirteen one months, mm-hmm. but we, we I, I my my cousin started walking at ten months. I didn't see some baby start walking at yep. nine. We're, we're we're special. We're gifted, and yeah, like they're they're threatened by us. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. it's something that they want to be a part of. But I just feel like you know, tend to your own culture. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying tend to your own culture. <laughs> that part. Find y'all own magic. Y'all can't have none of ours. But that's how I feel. Like, we the cool kids. You can't sit with us. But uh, <laughs> I do, like, feel like they – I don't understand why they're so threatened or why they fear us, and they copy everything we do. Like, let's be honest. They do. But, um, like you said, they want to be a part of something. They see all this magic. They want to school. Hell, who wouldn't? We dope as shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna hype my race up. I don't care. I will say it in front of a group full of people that's not even in my race. We are like we really hold that magic. We we do. Like everybody is special, but we at the top. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So my last question is: Does it anger you to know the world will never fully accept us? And how do you plan to accept this? Um, it does it does upset me because like I said yesterday on the other on my other podcast for us to get the victory that we did with the George Floyd you know verdict and then for that girl to get shot down you know it it, it just makes it makes it sad and like the guy at the poetry thing yesterday said uh Cito said it he said when does a boy like how can you sit up there and tell a boy to be proud of himself and that he can be a king, but by a certain age, he's this ugly person that you want to kill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, it's it's just sad, the things that we have to teach our kids, how we have to tell them how to move, mm. you know, like how we have to pray that if they ever get pulled over, that they make it home alive. Like, our skin is always going to be our sin. But I'm the type of person... I'm I'm gonna keep making change, you know what I'm saying, and, until it's my time to leave this earth. I'm gonna keep making change. I'm gonna keep, you know, being pro black. you know, I'm be yeah. black and proud. I don't have to wear a shirt to to let you know that my life matters. So, I mean, it mm-hmm. upsets me, but um I just continue to educate myself. I continue to be pro black, unapologetic about it. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, like I, I I stand strong in it. I'm I'm not gonna be ashamed, you know. 
It is what it is. What about you? Um, me, it 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 does kind of anger me. Um, because I am a mother of three, and I have to see my kids go through this mess. Um, and I hate the fact that they already like my son is already feeling some type of way because one of his friends who is from another race. Um, made a comment like, oh, why do you stay in the ghetto and, like, stuff like that. So they're already yeah. experiencing it now. So it angers me because they're innocent and already, you know, kids are being taught to identify a place as ghetto. Like I told him, baby, you got everything that he got in your in his house that you got in your house. Just your neighborhood mm-hmm. is not ghetto. Like, don't ever feel like that. Nothing about this place is ghetto. Um so it it just angers me because my kids just want to be accepted, just like the next person. And um, mm-hmm. you know, how 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 are they already being identified? You know, it it's just sad. It's really sad because we should all be here to love and serve each other. Like that 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 was the plan from the great beginning. That 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 was it. And mm-hmm. we fall, we fallen into this trap of where we're divided, even inside our own race. So letting my kids know, like, look, this is how you have to move out here because they're not going to accept you, but you can still hold your head high. It kind of it kind of hurts as a parent. It's a lot on you as a parent to have to bring your kids up in these times. Like, even these times. Like, I thought my ancestors had it bad with what they go through. But we are going through the same thing. It's just a new day. You know, another day, same shit. Um, how do I plan to deal with it? Just letting my kids know that they are they are great. Um, even myself, I have to tell myself that too, and that I can accomplish anything. Nothing will stop me. Not even the color of my skin. I will continue to educate myself on my own, you know, um, mm-hmm. as well as educating my kids throughout the process about who they are and where they came from. I will not let a textbook tell my kids that. I will do my research about my culture from someone of my race so that I can give my kids the proper knowledge, you know, because I want them to know that, no, we were not just slaves, baby. We were the kings and queens. I need you to understand that. Don't let nobody tell you that you started from slavery because that's not what you started from. That is the first trick that they teach our kids in school because, hell, they had me like that, thinking that that was where we started from, from slavery, because that's the first thing they teach you in the textbook is that we started off as slaves. No, we didn't. They don't tell you about the kings and queens that they capture in their own country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need my kids to understand that. Like, So I need to make sure that I stay pro-black, that I teach my, the ins and outs about life, and to also tell them to protect yourself at all times because that's what it calls for now. And I tell you, be out here and be hostile and be violent towards the next. No, I want you to love everybody, but also be cautious. And also you need to know how to protect yourself that you can obtain anything, anything that you dream about, anything that you manifest, just put God first, and you can have it. So that's my way of dealing with this stuff and accepting the fact that I will never be accepted because of the color of my skin. But it's okay. I know my blackness threatens you, but I'm going to just show you even more magic. I'm going to continue to excel. I'm not going to let the fact that you're threatened by me or the fact that you think that I'm inferior and you're superior, I'm not going to let that stop me, and I'm going to instill the same thing in my kids and any little other little black kids because I work at a child care center, and I let them know, y'all are great. Y'all just got to, come on, we can shape up. We can do anything we want to. Oh, you want to do this? Go ahead. So that is my plan to pass on 
the greatness to let everybody know about their magic and to continue to uplift my kings and queens. That's that's my goal. That's my plan to accept the fact that we will never be accepted in this world. Mm, that part. Okay. So that was a good segment. Thank you, Complex. I know I probably rambled at the end, but I was just really no, feeling fine. that. Um, <laughs> like so, you said, it's um, all okay. Yeah, girl, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so we're going to jump right into that as a woman question. Complex, what's the as a woman question? Uh, the as a woman question this week is, uh, what lessons have you learned about love overall? Oh, love hurts. I'm sorry. I know we say love don't supposed to hurt, but it does, okay? Um, and I also learned that if the other person or you don't fully love yourself and know who you are, it's not going to be a healthy relationship. Um, I'm learning that I don't care how much I ask God, like, okay, God, I'm trying to be a single or metaphysical. No, I have to get me together first. I have to love on me first so I can properly know how to love on someone else or I can show someone how to properly love me because I, I, I'm a lot. I'm a lot. Um, and when I say love hurt, I don't mean physically, um, but it is going to hurt because you have two beings who come from two different backgrounds, who have experienced two different traumas, come together and love on each other at the same time, and you don't know their full story, they don't know your full story, so it's going to hurt. So don't think that it's all rose petals and peaches and kisses and all that. No, love is Love is work. Love is work, but it is also an action. And you have to make sure that they are showing you and not just telling you. You know, you have to read their actions more than their words. So that's what I have learned about love. What about you? Um, I've learned that uh, in order to have a healthy relationship, you have to love yourself. Um, You have to do the shadow work and know exactly what you want, be stubborn about what you want, don't settle, you know what I'm saying, just because you don't want to be lonely. And uh, I also learned that you really got to make sure that you're with someone who knows what they want, you know, someone Mm. who, you know, knows what they want out of life and they're past the stage of finding themselves. You cannot be in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone who is still finding themselves because um, temp- temporary shit happens. You know, love is going to hurt regardless, you know, whether you break up with somebody or whether they pass away, but you want to be with someone who genuinely knows that what they want and they know who they are, they can know how to value you because when you know who you are and you value yourself, you'll be able to value others and um, know. And I'm learning that I can I can get the love that I want, but I have a lot more to work on in myself. You know what I'm saying? Before I could get that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my take on it. Okay, that was a dope question, complex. I like that. It wasn't too bad, but it was bad. Cool. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to go right into the girl I see you. Um, tonight I'm going to highlight, uh, I got a got a couple ladies. Uh, one, I want to highlight my goddaughter, Angel. 
Um, I just want to let her know that I see her. Uh, she has been handling business, y'all. She passed her road test. She got her insurance. She's going to get her plate and her tag for her first car. I'm so proud of that girl. She has really conquered the storm, and she's still moving full steam ahead. My baby is cancer-free uh, as, as of for a year now, a year and some months now. But um, I'm just so proud of her because she didn't let her – her illness, you know, ruined her. She didn't let that stop her. She kept on pushing through. Um, so I'm just proud mm-hmm. of her. Um, I just need to let her know that I see her, and she's an amazing person. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to my sister because she was experiencing some uh, some little racial tension at her job. And to get mm-hmm. back at them, what she did was she applied for the position over them. And she got interviewed, mm. and they're looking to hire her. So now she's going to be their boss. So That's I'm proud point. of her because she did not give up. She didn't let what she was going through uh, knock her down and make her quit and make her run. She, you know, mm-hmm. held it down. And look at look at God. I'm telling you, God will get you through anything. All you got, like I had to tell her, like, baby, I know what you're going through, but I'm going to pray for you. And I said, I'm going to pray that God make a, your enemies sit at your footstool. I'm going to make him let them watch you and show up. Got the email. They tried to do some little sabotage stuff, but my baby was <laughs> I'm proud of her. Um, so I just want to put them in there, and I'm putting Complex in there, too. Girl, you are amazing. I love you. Thank you for pushing through. I've seen the glow in you, y'all. If y'all didn't see the pictures I posted of my best friend, <laughs> go on her page and look at her. The glow, I'm telling y'all, the her aura is so beautiful. I love you. Thank you for a hell of a time in Philly. Um, and mm-hmm. I just see you pushing through. I can't wait for this book to come out in June. <laughs> Proofreader over here. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I love you, and I see you, Queen. I love you, too. Thank you. Um, so I was actually going to dedicate my girl, I see you moment to you. I'm really proud of you with this branding. Um, you know, you really, I, I see you taking the steps and I see you stepping out on faith. Um, you always say that you aspire to be Queen K. She's born. Uh, she told Kinect to go have several seats. <laughs> I ain't seen that in a minute. <laughs> I ain't seen that in a minute. She's sitting in the corner eating her apple juice and crackers, you know, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm like, damn, like she's really doing it. I'm like, shoot, can you help me out? You know what I'm saying? Cause um, I'm still trying to get there, but no, I'm proud of you. Uh, just know that God has you in this next season. Um, if you ever start to doubt yourself, just look at how far you've come and God got you. God has you. Yeah. Whenever you start to doubt yourself, know that he has you. Let go and let God and girl, you're on your way. Queen K is here to stay. Hey, look, that should be Thank your you, logo. <laughs> Queen, Queen K, K is here to stay, baby. She's about to put a, <laughs> get a shirt on the shirt. <laughs> Thank you, right. You're welcome. Okay. Oh, damn, you're trying to make me cry. But okay, y'all, I'm not going to get this to this. I'm going to get right to <laughs> girl. I got something to say. Um, and what I have to say is I'm going to just, I'm going to do this because, uh, I guess he's my brother, but happy birthday <laughs> to my big head ass brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even, he probably ain't listening, but somebody will relay the message, but happy birthday <laughs> to that big head nigga. I love him. Um, and I'm just, Hey, I'm, I'm happy that my brother 
is seeing another year of life, you know, and I just wish him mm-hmm. um, just growth and prosperity, and I want him to put God first in all of his endeavors, and I just want to see him win. That's it at the end of the day. So uh, shout out to you, Jerron, for 32 years of life. Uh, thank you for being a pain in my ass for 32 years. Well, not 32 years because I'm younger than you. But for 30 years, thank you for being a pain in my ass. Um, like this started, our hate for each other started when I was a baby. Like he used to throw shit in my crib. Like I'm telling y'all, he's always been about that life. So um, thank you to the first person that ever taught me how to break out my crib. Thank you to the first person that just showed me what a father is supposed to be like. Uh, I love you. Um, and happy birthday, big bro. But yeah, that's all I got to say today. All right. Happy birthday. All right. So now we are going to jump right into, well, this is the closed caption of our show, y'all. That's my sexy voice, y'all. This is the closed caption of our show where we're going to throw oh, the complex where she's going to give us that. <laughs> she's going to give us that no apology thought followed by that self-affirmation complex. So um, I have one no apology thought overall. Um, I'm going to start it off with this epiphany that I had the other day. Um, it says, be as stubborn with your boundaries like you are when you choose self-sabotaging over self-care. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is when you know that you shouldn't be texting that person back, but it's like, ah, I'm going to do it anyway. What the fuck is going to happen? You, you, you know that you're not because you question it, but you overlook mm-hmm. yourself when you go to text them. You owe it to yourself to be true to yourself. I'm telling you, um, women, and I say this for myself, we will think when a man keeps coming back around, it's because he can't get enough of us. It's because, oh, he ain't going to never stop fucking with me. No, he really only comes back around because of how accessible you make yourself. Even the nicest yeah. guy can take advantage of you if you allow it because they know that you're going to forgive them, that you're always going to be there. We tend to take for granted what doesn't value itself. So please work mm-hmm. on yourself. This self-love journey gets hard. It gets hard. You're going to have your dark days and you're going to have your good days. And I know for me, I like to praise my my good days over my dark days. But I can't yeah. deny that my dark days is what gives me clarity to have strength for those good days. So please focus on yourself. Um, Kara J said it last night, you know, thinking that sleeping with this man and that man is going to make things better, but it's not going to fill that void inside. Ah, last mm-hmm. night's pandemic poetry event got me all the way together. I'm talking about I deleted messages, deleted the number. I just don't even want to reach out to, you know, nobody no more. Like, I'm telling you, like, I got to <laughs> focus on me because, like, on some real shit, we're getting older. We're not getting younger. Yeah. I don't want to look up yeah. 10 years from now and be stressed. And not giving my and not giving life my full potential, and still sticking around, giving you know energy to men who don't really know what they want right now, and then I'm blocking my blessings for my soulmate to come. So mm-hmm. yeah, that is my no apology thought and the self affirmation tonight. I am giving that to. I am giving that to um, AmazingMovement.com. So it's called the Kick-Ass Women's Manifesto for an Amazing Life. It says, I am strong. I've gone through hell and kept walking. I know my weaknesses. 
I am worthy. It took me a long time to believe that I felt my unworthiness. I am beautiful, and no one needs to convince me of that anymore. I've seen my ugliness. I am me, and I love me for exactly who I am, imperfections and all. And that is my mm. self-affirmation. Yes. Yes, yes Rob, I needed that. <laughs> same here. With that being said, I'm Complex Angel. I'm the vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the vision. Peace and love, we are out. Peace and love, y'all. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.